Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Will This Be On The Test podcast, the podcast with the answers to your questions for college and career success. We are your hosts. I am Coach Betsy Olinger. And I am Dr. Elizabeth Manet. In this episode, we are discussing how you can figure out how to get along with the people you live with. That includes roommates, suite mates, apartment mates, and pretty much anybody sharing a communal bathroom. We talk through common issues that arise, how to handle them, and pitfalls to avoid from the very beginning. Everybody has a crappy roommate story. (laughs) I'm sure that you have one. So before we jump into roommate, tell me... Betsy, about your very worst roommate story. Well, thank you. I must preface this with I was an RA, a resident advisor, a resident assistant for three years in college. It's a great way to get a whole lot of managerial experiences and some coin that helps pay for college. But as the RA, I people came to me with all kinds of crazy issues some of which you could anticipate many of which you couldn't but this one happened to me i had an ra who worked with me on the third floor of the building and i was on the first floor and back in the day men were not allowed in our rooms after a certain time like one or two in the morning and we didn't have men's bathrooms on each floor because of this so somebody had a guest spending the night and he needed to go to the bathroom. I went to college in Georgia and as with most residence halls it's often really hot or really cold even if you have air conditioning and I had a fan blowing into my room blowing the outside air in. She did not but she did have a guest who needed to go to the bathroom. Do you mm-hmm. see where this is going? I, I can see exactly where this it, is going. Yeah, you can see, smell, feel, not good. Ugh. In the middle of the night, he decides to relieve himself out the window. Mm. Two floors down, my fan, nice powerful fan, is blowing into my room. Splat! That's disgusting. It, it was disgusting. It That's was not disgusting. pretty. It was it was gross and the sad thing is residence hall rooms or dorm rooms are not very big so Mm. this covered my entire room i do remember banging on this person's door and i'm sure there were some choice words and i don't know that i addressed it in the most assertive way because i was my room was covered in pee and it was the middle of the night and i was angry but I want people to go into situations, first of all, to prevent these kinds of things and realize that your actions have an effect on other people, maybe people you're not even thinking about. Mm. But I want to hear from you, Liz. Tell me your worst roommate story. So I'm going to tell you about uh, one roommate in particular who pretty much encompassed every issue that one could have with a roommate. <laughs> I was a freshman. This was my first time ever living with another person in such close quarters. And the roommate that I was assigned was a diagnosed insomniac. So she literally never slept. I would go to bed and she would be typing on her computer late at night. I'd wake up in the middle of the night. She'd still be on her computer. I'd wake up in the morning. She would still be typing away. And 
I played softball for Queens and we had five o'clock in the morning practice and it just was such an issue because my sleep schedule was off. She didn't have a sleep schedule. And then something very crazy and strange happened. She started to take her medication, which made her hallucinate. And one night I'm sleeping and I'm jolted awake, just startled. And I roll over and I am face to face, nose to nose with my roommate and she says to me in a whisper where is it and i'm like where is what and she's like where is it and i just said to her uh i don't know we'll look for it in the morning and she ran and vaulted into her bed and like was stuck in her bed with her feet sticking out and that's where she landed for the evening but it was very unpredictable and it was always just sort of uncomfortable um one little last anecdote so you could really get the full picture she uh was not particularly religious and i was gifted a bible when i left high school and one day she just went off on kind of a rage and she picked up my bible and she lit it on fire and she screamed at me, this is a crutch for the weak. And so that oh. was perplexing. Um, so, yeah. So up until that point, I had kind of tried to handle it on my own. But I felt like the Bible burning incident was the opportunity to get the RA involved. Um, yes. Oh, so. gosh, that's that's scary. I could have nightmares from that story. But I think it it brings about this idea that when you are... Put together in a small space with someone you don't know for the very first time, especially if you were either an only child or you lived in a room by yourself for the first 18 years of your life, there is some very sort of serious negotiation that has to happen in, in order to cohabitate in a in a peaceful way, right? In a, in a tiny space. And you don't want to wait until... You know, your walls are covered with pee or they've burned your Bible. There shouldn't be exactly. matches. And, you know, so so what can we do? Yeah, so I think this is a great way to jump into the topic for the day. How to cohabitate peacefully. Um, one of the first things that I would recommend is creating a roommate agreement. Sharing close quarters is going to alert you to tensions and irritations that you might not have even known that you had, right? So if you know from the get-go that you're particular about a specific uh, concept, right? If you're a night person and your roommate is a morning person, if you like your alone time and they like to have people over, sit down from the first day and develop this agreement that is defining explicit expectations about how you live and cohabitate together. I think it's so interesting to do that because this roommate agreement, it really does function as establishing those norms for the remainder of the semester, the remainder of the year. And believe it or not, negotiating those pieces can also preempt issues before they arise. I like that idea. It, it really does. Um, it addresses those components before you get into it because what will end up happening, typically what ends up happening, and we know this because research states that college students' number one method of conflict resolution is avoidance, right? So if we know that college students tend to be avoidant about conflict, the issues are not going to go away on them on their own. So 
we, we set up this roommate agreement, we sit down, we talk through, what does division of chores look like? What are your neatness preferences? What are your sound and light expectations? What about time? What about how we could borrow things? So I think that's a good place to start sort of talking about how you would negotiate some of these points. Um, can you talk through a little bit of division of chores sure. and neatness? Sure. I think it's it's a little comical that I'm talking about this because this is where I had the biggest bones of contention with my roommates, most of whom I'm still friends with, by the way. The division of chores and neatness preferences enter into your daily life every single day. For instance, some of the items that need to happen every day are immediate. Some chores can't wait. For instance, if the trash is full, and I need to have my family members listen to this as well. If the trash is full, don't sit there and say, oh, I think one more item could fit in there and then I won't have to take it out. Take out the trash and replace the bag. Go ahead, take out the trash and replace the bag. Otherwise, what is the risk? The risk is bugs, mice, nasty smells, mm. ick. Then there's certain, certain chores that have to be done on a weekly basis. And that's something that you can talk about and divide and conquer. For instance, if one person's really into, you know, enjoys doing laundry and all of that stuff, and you really enjoy cleaning bathrooms, please come over to my house first. But you could agree how often and who is going to do what and to help each other do this. And uh, go ahead. This is a key crucial moment that you could address in that roommate agreement because if you know that dishes are something that you don't mind doing, speak up about it from the beginning. Say, I will volunteer to do the dishes if, if you are okay with cleaning the bathroom. And that is setting that expectation up from the beginning. If the dishes are not done, you have uh, to hold yourself accountable. And it just creates that very sort of peaceful environment for the long term. I like that. I like that. And it's important, certain jobs can be done much faster if in fact they're done quickly, like rinsing off dishes. I remember a particular spaghetti pot. We made pasta in college quite a bit and no one cleaned it. And it grew what looked to be like a Ooh. dead bird's nest inside. And cleaning that was absolutely repulsive. Had it been- I think, I think by then you just throw the pot away. Well, we debated that, but you know, that was the only pot we had, but oh. it was vile. It was vile. Yeah. But as you said, once you get to know someone, you'll know what the threshold is for each person. And maybe you grew up without any chores, or maybe mm. you've you don't know how to really clean a bathroom or wash dishes without a dishwasher or something like that. And that's something, hey, YouTube can be your friend. But, Absolutely. But you know what? These things have to get done. You don't have a housekeeper in your residence hall who is going to take care of your every need, like pick up your dirty underwear off the floor. That's just not going to happen. That's just yeah. not going to happen. So I think you bring up a good point. Even if these are chores that you're not familiar with, you can learn how to do them. And you're contributing towards being a good housemaid, a good roommate, a good sweet mate. Right. So. And it's all part of this whole do, do, do adulting. So adulting, adulting. So some of the other items that come into play and are sources of irritation for people, as you mentioned, are sound and light expectations. 
Yeah, so, okay, so this one is pretty crucial if you are a high sort of sensory person. And there are people out there who, and I am one of them, I hear all the little noises and I'm super sensitive to light pollution. And I probably, it probably makes me a pain in the butt roommate to live with. But there are ways that we can address those issues and then kind of handle them, right? So when you have somebody who is sensitive to sound, they can do their part to minimize it for them for, for themselves, right? So you can get a good pair of headphones, you can sleep with earplugs, you can get an eye mask, you can get a backup pair of all of these things, and you're doing your part to minimize some of the issues that might arise with your roommate who may be a little bit more on the noisy side. Now, on the flip side of that, if you are a roommate who is very noisy and who does take some time to, uh, you know, play music or they're always clicking on their keyboard, you can sort of um, do your part to recognize that you have to cohabitate and cohabitate peacefully. So it's definitely a two-way street. Um, I will say in, in the in the spirit of will this be on the test and recognizing that these are issues that arise well after college, my husband is a little bit more on the loud and sort of noisy side. And so we've had to negotiate. We actually made a roommate agreement just like you would in college, just like we're counseling listeners to do. And we uh, have sort of minimized some of those tensions. So trust me, we're not bringing you anything that we wouldn't do. And the roommate agreement works. Absolutely. And many colleges actually do a questionnaire or something ahead of time to match up people who are more likely to be compatible. And some schools even offer a roommate charter ahead of time. But in case that you don't, or in case you want to look at another one, we have one provided in the resources and show notes as well for today's episode so that you yes, can look at this. And you can take charge if your university doesn't provide that dialogue opener. So, all right, so we talked about sound light expectations. We talked about chores. Let's talk about one that's a little less tangible. Mm. What about time, Betsy? Yes, there's 24 hours in a day, and I've had roommates who want to be partying for 23 and a half of those hours. When you open the door to your residence hall, if it's very small, you open the door and you want to take a nap, and all of a sudden there's a rave going on in your room, that's not very conducive to taking a nap. Also, if you're planning the rave and your roommate is insisting on sleeping, that may or may not bother you. It's something you need to talk about ahead of time. Visitors. Visitors are a big issue, especially if one of you is much more outgoing than the other, or there are certain times when you're more outgoing. In the roommate agreement or the charter, you can talk about times that it's okay to have, that you're comfortable having visitors, and times that you're less comfortable having visitors. Also, I recommend that not only do you have this discussion, but that you look for places on campus where you can find alone time if you need it, or studying time, or places where you can get away from it all, especially if your roommate is not getting away from it all, but getting it on, or whatever. Oh my goodness. Okay, so you went there, yeah. I did. That is an important component of that roommate life. That is an important. We want to keep this on the uh, nice and clean podcast list uh, today. We want to be able to continue to check not explicit. Yes, please. But let's talk about it, right? So if you are in a relationship and you are cohabitating with another person in that same room, there has to be some negotiation 
about overnight visitors. There has to be some consideration. And it is definitely one of those pieces that you can just sit down and talk through on that roommate agreement. You can preempt the awkward (laughs) walk-in way ahead of time. And I mean, I'm not saying, I would recommend scheduling out study time, right? Like every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I get the room from three to five to study. Maybe you just have your roommate who wants to have their overnight visitors or whatever. Their uh, scheduled time is, uh, you know, seven to nine (laughs) on Saturday and Sunday. But whatever it is, whatever it happens to be, if you can be upfront, honest, open, and just set those expectations ahead of time, you could avoid completely missing the cue of the sock on the door, which I I missed once, truthfully. I'm I'm sorry, but but we're giving... We're giving some advice on what to do in in specific situations. But sometimes we're not going to go through every possible situation and what you can do. But there's a premise here. And it's from a podcast that I enjoy. It's called Awesome Etiquette. Etiquette is how do you behave in the world? And one of their tenets, I think it's their subtitle, is consideration, respect, and honesty. And not just for other people, but for yourself. And you need to respect yourself, be honest with yourself, and be considerate uh, and be considerate of yourself, but also everyone else in your sphere, whether that's a roommate, a suite mate, someone who you share the big communal bathroom with, or anyone else in the building. You realize one floor can affect another, just like my story. So I love what they say. And if you have time, buzz over to their Awesome Etiquette podcast. Shout out to them. Again, make decisions based on consideration, respect, and honesty. I think that's a good place to talk about, though. What happens when, I mean, sometimes there are violations of the roommate agreement. And when that happens, there are a couple of ways that you can repair the relationship and move forward with with the spirit of, of you know, collegial and community building um, intentions. So, all right. So say you've set out your roommate agreement and your roommate... Um, either explicitly or inadvertently transgresses, right? We recommend sitting down and having an honest talk with that person and brainstorm ways in which the charter or the roommate agreement might need to be revamped a little bit. Maybe from the beginning when you sat down and had that conversation, you thought that three to five would work for your alone time, but it turns out it doesn't. It's okay to revise and find ways of, of living together and working together um, in a in a collaborative spirit. Okay, but, uh, but I want to keep going with this. This is critical. This is hard. And maybe a text isn't the right way to do it either, right? No, text is wrong. Text or, is wrong. Or talking to someone else, hoping that it'll get back to them. Yeah, I think, again, that really is the understanding that conflict resolution oftentimes in these kind of situations requires addressing the person directly, privately, with respect, with consideration, and with honesty. As tempting as it may be, it's not a great idea to talk to mutual friends without that roommate there because chances are it'll get back to the roommate in a method that you maybe didn't intend or didn't mean. So we want to spend just a minute giving you some language that could help 
address an issue. So this is very specific language. It's called a whole, a whole message. And it is comprised of four statements that start with, I notice, I think, I feel, and I need. So hypothetically, let's say you and your roommate have had a continuous issue with leaving the dishes in the sink. A nice way to deliver a whole message instead of, you're such a slob, you're a terrible person. Instead, I notice I think I feel I need. I notice that both of us have been a little bit lax on doing the dishes. I think it's important that we stick to the plan of cleaning them up every night so that we don't get bugs. I feel a little stressed that this is becoming attention. I need us to both sit down and figure out a mutual solution. Whoa. So Betsy, if I if we were roommates and I delivered that message to you, what are your impressions? How do you feel about that type of message? I I guess I'm receptive to it. I'm a little hesitant, but you haven't scared me off. It wasn't we need to talk or you're a pig. No. But it's pretty it's it's leading me into we need to have this discussion. And frankly, I can't argue with any of it, frankly. I notice you're noticing something. I can't argue with that. I think I feel. And then I could respond, I guess, with, well, I notice that -hmm. it's always your dishes. Mm -hmm. I think that your dishes are not getting done because you're not doing them. I feel irritated as well. And I need to talk to you about this as well. And I'm glad you brought it up. And I think that's a great response because it does address the issue at hand, which is the dishes. It doesn't talk about a character flaw. It doesn't call anybody out for being lazy, you know, assigning some negative trait. So these, we'll type up this concept of whole messages. We'll put them in the show notes. We'll put them on the reference page on our website. Um, But I think it's... And they'll be hearing more of these, of this whole language as well as we go ahead. But what about, Liz, what happens if the roommate says... You know, I don't have time for this right now. Go away. I just, your problem, not mine. I think you have a problem. Well, and and I think that, I think that it's, that can be a really uh, frustrating and stressful situation. And if that is the case and you have tried and exhausted every avenue that you can, it's important to remember that there are resources on campus that can help with that mediation process. Betsy, you were an RA. I'm sure many people came to you with their issues to get you to sort of mediate through them. Absolutely. And sometimes it was just a simple discussion of she's doing this and she's doing this. And I'd say, have you tried this or that? And sometimes yes, sometimes no, sometimes would you do it? But the RAs are trained to help you be assertive in your situation, but also to get involved if it needs to be and escalate it if it needs to be or it's a safety issue or a health issue or something like that. So the RAs are there and the purpose of the RA is to help with these situations because guess what? You're not alone. This brings us to next week's episode. I'm very excited about continuing our series on communication. Next week, we'll talk about relationships with professors in a good way not in a bad way in a good way not in a bad way yes listeners stay tuned for all of the good ways that you can have relationships with professors but not the bad icky ways not the bad icky ways thank you so much for listening you can find us on spotify itunes apple podcast stitcher iHeartRadio. 
Google Podcast, most major platforms where podcasts are hosted. To make sure that you're prepared for your next test, visit our website at wtbottpodcast.com for links and notes mentioned during the show. We love hearing from listeners, so please leave us a question or a comment or a topic that you'd like to hear more about during the show. Please make sure that you subscribe, like, rate, review, and share so that you don't miss anything. We have to thank Joseph McDade Music for this awesome soundtrack. Thanks, Joseph. We release new episodes every Monday, so follow us on social media, Facebook and Instagram specifically, to see what next week's episode contains. Thanks for listening. Thank you.